This weekend, get to Kohl's and take an extra 15% off. Save on the Ninja Foodi Grill, now just $279.99. Take 50% off all Serta bedding. Get up to 40% off Sonoma Bath and so much more. Plus, get a little more for your wallet with Kohl's Cash. Plus, fast and free store pickup. Let the gifting start for those close to your heart. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Select styles. Offers valid October 9th through 18th. 15% off with promo code LEAVES. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. Regina King for Cadillac Escalade. When people ask, Regina, do you like to compete? I say, bring it on. Those are the moments that drive you to achieve more. And when you win, you keep reaching higher. To me, that's what the Cadillac Escalade represents. It's always evolving in technology, in design, everything. Because success isn't the end. It's just the first step to what comes next. The 2021 Cadillac Escalade. Never stop arriving. Hi, this is Burgess Owens. And Sarah, I just want to let you know, when I take my daily walk, I take your podcast with me. And I appreciate all the good stuff, all the updates, your passion, your, your great guests. Thank you so much for making my day. After listening to you, I then go back to my music and relax for a few minutes. But I enjoy the podcast. So thanks again for all you do. Wow, that was Burgess Owens, uh, NFL star, former NFL star and University of Miami uh, football player. And now he is running for Congress in Utah. And by the way, a lot of people don't know this about Burgess, but I got to just give them the biggest shout out ever. But, you know, he's the third black American granted a scholarship to play football at the University of Miami. He earned a bachelor's degree in biology and chemistry. He is a businessman, and he's just an all-around great human being. Love the man. He's wonderful. You're not going to want to miss his interview. Uh, It's very important and very important time that we hear him, particularly as we watch what is happening to our country and around the world since the killing of George Floyd. And I think it's important that we listen, one, to everybody's feelings, right? I understand that this is a very sensitive time for so many people. For so many people, we look out, we see the rioting, we see the protests, we see what's happening to our businesses. And by the way, in the United States right now, over 40 million people unemployed. Unemployed. Did we all forget about what happened? Did we forget about COVID-19, coronavirus, Wuhan virus, Wuhan virus? What came out of China, what the Chinese Communist Party has done to their own people and the rest of the world and what they are doing right now in Hong Kong. And I have friends there in Hong Kong that I am very concerned about. And now we see what's happening across the globe after the death of George Floyd. And we see riots breaking out in Paris, uprisings all over Europe. Are we not asking ourselves questions about How is this happening? How is this all playing out? And George Floyd's family out there begging people, please do not burn down your communities. Adam, can we please play a clip? Because I think this is very important. George Floyd's family is is so remarkable here, and I really want people to hear this. I just had to come down here, you know, to to speak to people and let people know that just channel your anger elsewhere. Don't tear up your don't tear up your town. Don't. The, all of this is not necessary because 
if his own family and blood is not doing it, then why are you? If his own family and blood is trying to deal with it and be positive about it and go a certain, or go another route to seek justice, then why are you out here tearing up your community? Because when you finish and then you turn around and then you want to go buy something, you done tore it up. So now you, you, you messed up your own living arrangements. So just relax. Are justice you? will be served. He's right. Justice will be served. And I want you to think, think about what George said, what his brother is saying about what happened and about how some of you are reacting out there. Not all of you, but some of you. Anger, frustration. You're seeing this country as torn apart, uh, racism, spewing at every corner. It's not, people. It's not. This is the media. This is social uh, tools, social, social media, uh, mainstream media outlets. You know, we're not taking a step back. People are instigating this. You know, George Floyd, his life meant something. Now we're going to take from that and we're going to learn. But we can't do that by tearing each other apart. There are police officers all across this great nation who have done the right thing, who protect their communities, who love the children in their communities, who love the people of their communities, who live in those same communities and protect their own neighborhoods. There are good cops out there. Of course there are bad cops. Of course there are... This guy, you know, is on George Floyd's neck. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. But that's what's happening to our country right now. We are incapable of breathing. I think we are putting a foot on our own necks here. We should not be easily manipulated. We should not be sheeple. We are not sheeple, folks. But we have turned into that. Look at what happened during the coronavirus outbreak. Look at what's happening now. It's like instantaneously, our nation is turning upside down on itself. Nobody's asking the right questions. No, nobody's listening. What happens in communities? And I've covered these communities and I've lived in them. I lived in them. My mother was from Cuba. My mother worked in a factory. Yeah, my father died when I was 13. And she raised me and my brother as a single mom in a house in a mainly Hispanic community in L.A., there were a lot of gang activity occurred, um, a lot of policing. Uh, it, was, it, was, it was tough. It was tough. It was tough. But there were good people in those communities. But there were also people that took advantage of impoverished communities. I, I started writing about civil justice when I was at the Daily Bulletin in Ontario, California covering stories on gang activity and gang violence in our neighborhoods where children were killing each other, where children were killing cops. I wrote the story, Jamie's story, based on a young kid named Yogi. His street moniker name was Yogi. He was part of a gang. Went out and killed an Irwindale police officer. Executed him, actually. He, Yogi was only 15 years old. He executed an Irwindale police officer on the steps of the Pomona courthouse 
as this officer was leaving from coming from a traffic ticket. He was, you know, at a court for a traffic ticket. He was executed, executed by a 15 year old kid that could hardly read and write and was a junior in high school. uh, Sorry, a sophomore in high school at the time. Couldn't even read the Jack in the Box menu. Couldn't even read the Jack in the Box menu. And I started covering these stories and I realized, man, we all were ignoring what was going on in our communities around us. Kids were killing them. I mean, they were killing each other. They were killing themselves. Drug addiction through the roof. Nobody was listening to anybody. And cops were dying. Here's an instant where a cop was killed. Right? And yes, there is racism. And yes, there are bad people in this world. But overall, our society, our democracy is good. It's good. It's better than any place I have ever traveled on this planet. It needs to get better. Yeah, sure it does. But it doesn't get better by, by us ripping each other apart. It does not get better by allowing people to manipulate our young people into believing that they are doing something good when they are out in the streets looting and tearing up neighborhoods. Looting and tearing up neighborhoods. And you want to know something else? It does not get better when we pay tens of thousands of dollars for our children to go to universities where they are taught basically to hate this country, to hate the United States. Right? Think about all the money that China dumps into some of our universities and, you know, other nations like Saudi Arabia, other places that have other things and other reasons, right? And professors that are definitely skewered to the left, that definitely believe that this system of capitalism is nothing but bad, nothing but wrong. And they push these lies into our kids' heads and into our heads where we're supposed to believe that there's some kind of horrific racism brewing underneath this capitalist society. It is not. This is a great nation. This is a country that is so fragile right now on this planet. If we lose it, folks, there is no place else left. For all of you who live here, who don't travel outside of this country, who are blessed to have first world problems, like what am I going to eat tonight? And for those of you that are poor, that live here, I understand it's painful. You got to work really hard. You got to work extra. I used to work for $8 an hour at Southwest Airlines. I was just happy to have insurance, medical insurance to cover my kids, right? And, And at that point in time, my husband had lost his job, $8 an hour. Think about that. It's tough. It's tough being anybody. It's tough being black. It's tough being white and poor. It's tough being a woman. It's tough. It's tough. Okay. All right. But we're not victims. We stand up. We move forward. We fight for our nation. We fight for what we believe in. And we're proud. We have to be proud of who we are. Look, we have to be proud. I am. That so many people found what happened to George Floyd to be the most horrific thing they've ever seen on television in recent memory. That was horrible. That was horrible and wrong. But don't let people use his death as a tool for their own purposes. 
And that is exactly what is going on here. That is exactly what we're seeing with these, you know, anti-fascist Antifa groups and all of these groups utilizing, instigating. Do you really think George Floyd or for that matter, David, David Dorn, the retired captain, St. Louis police captain who was killed out inside defending, defending a pawn shop, defending a business, killed by looters, bleeding to death on the streets. Do you think any of these people want to see this? Would want these riots and all of these actions to be in their name? No, I don't believe so. I don't believe anybody would. I don't believe anybody would accept this. Think about why you're doing what you're doing. Are you just doing it because there's some wave, some crowd, somebody on social media telling you to do it? Are you doing it because it's from your heart? Or are you just following, following the people, following whoever is pushing this? Think about who you are. Think about why you do what you do. That's what is so important here. You know, it's really, I, I know I'm going to go on and on about this, but I, I got to bring this up because I was just so, so devastated earlier today, you know, thinking about like what's going on with Drew Brees and, you know, all of these, uh, you know, apologies people are making for the United States, you know, apologizing for who we are. Uh, the so-called woke crowd that all stood out. I mean, I couldn't believe that. All these people that were basically apologizing for being who they are, for being themselves, for living in the United States, for having things, for not being black, for whatever. By the way, I'm a mixture of everything. I mean, I took the Ancestry.com, and I already knew that. I already knew that. I came from a beautiful family, a great mix of people from all over the world, even parts of West Africa, and I'm very proud of every part of me. I don't apologize for anything. Not that. Not that. What we should apologize for is how we treat each other and how we react to one another and what we do when we go out and how we treat our neighbors and what we say to each other. We should not be tearing each other apart in the streets. In fact, there should be a lot of apologies going around right now for the behavior that we have had in this country over the past five days. You know, for everybody out there who um, opposes racism and the, the, the treatment of George Floyd and his horrific death, you know, going out in the streets and beating people up, beating elderly women, killing cops like David Dorn, who, by the way, was African-American, he was black, defending a business. That, that is just as horrific and bad. Sorry. You should live by example. You want things to get better, I want things to get better, then we need to start treating each other as human beings and taking care of one another 
and stop talking about each other's color of skin and what religion and all we're americans for crying out loud we are americans when my husband went to fight overseas when my friends fought overseas when some of them died overseas it was that american flag that draped their coffin the american flag that draped their coffin they went over there to die for what this nation stands for which is a constitution that is fundamental that gives us all equal rights people it's not perfect people are not perfect people are broken we're all broken all of us every single one of us but we know the difference between right and wrong and it's all of us together fighting for a common good that make us great once that is gone once that is taken away from us, once we start eating each other alive in our own country, we won't even need to worry about the Russians or the Chinese or the Iranians or the Koreans. We're not going to need to worry about anybody because guess what? We're going to do it to ourselves. They're just going to sit back and watch. And once we're dumb enough to fall into that trap, to fall into that trap, this beautiful, fragile nation will be gone. Great empires have fallen for less. We need to think about what we're doing. I believe in this country. I believe in all the men and women of all the different colors, all the nationalities, and all the religions that have come here for a better life, that have sent their young men and women to fight in wars overseas, that have lost their lives over there just to protect this beautiful land. I believe in that. And I do have respect for this flag because I have respect for you, every single one of you, no matter where you are from. And I have respect for my country because I want this country to exist for my children and for my grandchildren and for every generation thereafter because it's just that beautiful. It's just that awesome. So if we want to respect George Floyd, if we want to respect David Dorn, if we want to respect all the people, all the people that have been hurt since the founding of this country, and especially in the last five days since this rioting, let's just stop. Take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. What did George Floyd say? He couldn't breathe and he died. So we need to stop. We need to take a deep breath, take a step back and do what's right and treat one another with respect. And if you want to say you're sorry, say you're sorry for how you treated one another over the last five days. That's a good place to start. But don't say you're sorry for living in such a great nation with such a beautiful foundation where so many people have sacrificed so much and given up so much so that we can exist. I'm, I'm really grateful. I'm going to be bringing on a good friend, Burgess Owens, who I care about deeply, and I think he's got a good, good lesson for all of us. He can talk from the heart. He understands what's going on. Um, there needs to be no further introduction. Burgess, I'm so grateful to have you back on the show. Certainly not under these circumstances. This has been a very trying time for America. Not only have we been dealing with, as I said in the opening of the show, you know, with the pandemic and COVID-19 and everybody's upside down. Nobody knows what's going on with that. Over 40 million Americans applying for unemployment. But now we see this great divide, these uh, riots and 
there's so many young people out there. Um, there's so many people out in the streets, so many people being injured and harmed. And, you know, it emanated with George Floyd. And first, I want to get your take on what happened there, this horrific tragedy to this man, you know, um, who from all from all accounts was murdered, you know, yeah. because this cop had his knee right on his neck and uh, it was public and it was horrible. At first, I want to get your take on that. And then I want to talk to you a little bit about what this means. Well, for, first of all, this was a an opportunity to, for our country uh, to all come together. Everybody felt, felt exactly the same way you did, Sarah. There was, there was no, um, no difference in opinion, no difference in what we saw. And, and, and this kind of cuts to the chase of what we're dealing with in our country. It really wasn't about George. I mean, I really wish it was. I really wish it was about how to make sure he gets justice. But it's about something that many people don't know in this country that's been at us for a long time. We literally have evil at our doorstep, and uh, it's been there for a while. It's, and and, and I, I want to just really quickly, just give in context the environment I grew up in, because people need to understand that this is not new. What the leftists do, the Marxist socialists, they have a playbook that they go by every single day of their lives. And that's why they, don't want, that's why they want to take away our history, so we don't know what they're doing. Uh, I know because I lived it. I lived in the 1960s, uh, grew up in the 60s, uh, Tallahassee, Florida, deep south. Days of KKK, Jim Crow, uh, segregation. But it was a beautiful, beautiful middle-class family and a great middle-class environment that I grew up in. And this, by the way, wasn't just Tallahassee. 50 to 60% of black Americans were part of the middle class. So whether it be D.C. or, or uh, Tallahassee or, or Houston, Texas or California, have relatives all over the country that lived the middle class. And that's because we work a, a society, a culture, that believes in four basic things, which make our country great. We believe in, in education, God, industry, and family. And what I saw, and I can now talk about this, I, I grew up in, this com in a community where when I left to be the third black American to go to the University of Miami, I had all the confidence, I had the, the skills to think, I had the skills to work hard, to overcome, to hear names being called and just and, and man up and just deal with it. I was taught that because we all were in my community. I can go back to that little group, and there's so much success that came out of there. I would say it would take all day to do that. Here's the deal. Here's my lesson. We were turned upside down because of what we're fighting today. It's called elitism. We have a black elitist who care less about black people. They care about their power, their prestige. They're godless. Uh, Marxists are godless people. They, their end game is power. And what I see turned around, we now are at the very bottom of every single success uh, indicator in our country because those who are supposed to, quote, represent us, sit, stand as matadors and allow the, 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 the white leftists to come in and destroy our, our communities. The 40% the of uh, black uh, business owners that I grew up around, and literally all around me, is now 3.8%. Mm -hmm. We are fighting for the middle class. And at the end of the day, we fought for it. We lost the fight. We now have more elitists in the black community than, quote, middle class and more poor. We need to make sure our country understands the left is trying to destroy our middle class mm -hmm. by destroying our small businesses. I, you know, I absolutely agree with you. I see, I've seen this over and over again, especially early on in my career when I covered social justice in Los Angeles, California, either covering Hispanic and Latino gangs or black gangs, actually in San Bernardino County, the Crips and the Bloods. And I saw what was happening in the communities, communities literally being torn apart. Young men, young men who had futures ahead of them being ripped apart by communities that actually did not care, by leadership that did not even pay attention, by leadership that abused the system to take the money, federal funding for this, federal funding for that. But those kids were out in the streets. Nobody cared about them. Nobody stood up for them. They were alone. They were without fathers. Some of them ended up in 
Yeah, it, dead on the streets. I, I remember a story we did, and I was looking it up earlier. Mynesha Crenshaw in San Bernardino County. She's this young girl, eight years old. From what I remember, it was 2005. She used to sleep on the floor. Her mom and dad would actually put their mattresses on the floor because their neighborhood was so riddled with gang violence that there was bullets flying through the neighborhood off and on throughout the weeks. They couldn't even sleep high up because she was afraid that her kids would get hit, you know, by gunfire. And one night, while having dinner, she gets killed by yeah. drive-by shooting. Yeah. And, and these leaders ignore <laughs> that. They ignore what's happening inside the communities. And you mentioned black elitism, white elitism, you know, elitist journalists, people who think and only push this leftist kind of ideology and use situations like George Floyd to, to break our society, to break the culture. One of those people I think is, and I'm going to say it right now, is Mayor Lightfoot of Chicago. We've seen what's happened in Chicago. Adam, can you play a clip of what Mayor Lightfoot in Chicago said uh, uh, about COVID-19 when the kids were out on the street? This is actually, there were a lot of kids playing basketball, and she was doing a little tour, and she was heading towards the church, talking about the churches, talking about closing things down to stop the spread of COVID. But listen to what she says. Now, I've directed Superintendent Brown to order all police districts to give special attention to these parties. And this is how it's going to be. We will shut you down. We will cite you. And if we need to, we will arrest you and we will take you to jail. Period. There should be nothing unambiguous about that. Don't make us treat you like a criminal. But if you act like a criminal and you violate the law and you refuse to do what is necessary to save lives in the city in the middle of a pandemic, we will take you to jail, period. We'll take you to jail, period. Yeah. I, can you yeah. answer that? Because children are dying all over the streets in Chicago, day in and day out. Business yeah. owners can't even keep their businesses open. Kids are being ignored. Schools are falling apart. And then she says this about the pandemic. I'd like to get well, your take on that, Burgess. Well, keep in mind, uh, and, and I, I, I want to make sure everybody understands uh, the context of what we're dealing with. Uh, we're dealing with a godless ideology. The people that you're hearing from, uh, what's, what's unambiguous is she didn't mind going to get her, her own haircut because they, th they see themselves quite differently. Uh, unambiguous is the fact that they will take power and now shut down businesses and destroy lives. Unambiguous is they, they, they like matadors and allow hoodlums and Tifa, white Marxists come in and destroy black businesses and she has nothing to do with it because at the end of the day it comes down to this this is what we have to understand about what's happening in our country why i think it's actually a good thing you know in a way because we're having conversations today that we never would have had before i can now talk to my democratic friends who truly love our country who want their who are business owners who want their, their families to, to thrive and grow look at your leadership they're using you the way they use the black community they use abuse and discard they're, these people are evil they love misery. They use that as a political strategy. And they, they've done it from, from back when the days of KKK, when, when the K Democrat, uh, uh, the military arm was KKK. Now the military arm is Atifa. Their playbook doesn't change. What they do right now is they're trying to bring as much misery. And I have to be honest with you, we could predict that this was going to be happening four years ago. Because every four years, these guys recycle the same playbook. They, they find a person, a bad person, point to that person and say, this representative of our country. They don't talk about all the service, all the good folks that go in and, and lift our, our, our country up. They don't talk about the fact that just beginning this year, we had the lowest unemployment in the history of our country for blacks, Hispanics, Asians, uh, veterans, women. 
We had a, a 400% growth in, in business ownership, 400% in two years, uh, business ownership, black business ownership. That speaks volumes for the hope and, and, and vision and industry that we're having our, in our black community that we have not had a long time. But they don't talk about that because that brings hope. What mm -hmm. the leftists, what the evil people do, they love chaos, they love fear, and we need to understand as a people, we the people, that's our enemy. Not each so other. how do you think, why do you think, or how do you think it's possible that they get people to feel so guilty? They make young people feel that they are responsible for everybody else on the planet, that they have got to apologize over and over again for something as, I mean, honestly, that, that was horrific what happened to George Floyd. But you're absolutely <laughs> right. There are cops all across this country that go to schools and talk to kids and spend time in the inner city with children and work with them and protect them and protect their communities. We never see that. Well, this is what takes over. How do you think that is possible that so many of our young people are, I would say, bamboozled into believing that there is something fundamentally wrong with this country? This is the way it works. And, and, and Karl Marx, a real low life, a guy who never went to work, uh, who didn't think he thinks was too smart, and, and two of his kids died of starvation because he didn't want to work. Karl Marx says that very simply, the, the, the first battleground rewriting of history. What the left does, and they've always done, the Nazis did it, they call propaganda. See, you, when you get people not being able to think, in the state of California, Democrats run, in every single Democratic uh, 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 city that, that they oversee, there's a lack of education. 75% of the black boys in the state of California cannot read and write. They will not be talking about space force. They will not have conversations like we're having right now. They will not be able to think outside of the emotions they have. Then you destroy their family. You make sure they don't understand anything about respect of anything. No, no respect of God, country, family, or women. You take that, that is a, that is a con concoction for disaster. So what we have to understand is that they will continue to lie. That's what, that's what godless people do. There's no shame. There's no consciousness. There's no, maybe I should apologize. They, their end game is power. So I hope Americans really wake up and understand the end of the day is right now November, uh, November 2020. That's all they care about. And there's no shame in between now and then. You have, you have Marxist governors and, 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 uh, and mayors who will, will, will put their, their, their knee on the foot, on the neck of their own constituents so that they will feel pain and, 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 and hopelessness. And, and therefore, in November, they're going to think, and this is not the way American people are wrong, So you think this is all about the election. This oh, is about, let's keep this going. This is about the election. Let's target ev as many places as we can, because they just, they want to take it back. They want to <clears> take <throat> it back from President Trump, from Republicans. They want to shift uh, states like Texas, turn it from red to blue. That's what you're thinking right now, this that they're not, taking advantage of the chaos? This is not organic. Uh, black people right now are not going in and, and, and uh, burning down their own black uh, uh, businesses. It's Antifa. Uh, and that's, this is what, that's why mm -hmm. I love the fact that we now have a, a president who's going to call out for what it is. We have domestic terrorists, people who are trying to take insurrect, trying to take down our country. We have, because of this Marxist ideology, these governors and, and mayors could care less and, 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 and representatives could care less about the pain it brings as long as they get their power back. So, yeah, this is a power play. And the great thing about this is this. We can now talk across the board among Americans about we the people. Do we want to work to, to vote for those who are against us during these bad times or those who give us hope? And right now, the, 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 the frantic that they're going through, they realize that the black people, black vote is leaving them. So they're mm -hmm. trying to do everything they can, and they're not going to get us back. 
And I just want Americans to recognize we are the warning boy. We're the ones that say we've been there, done that. Don't let them do to our country what they did to my, my community. I was Burgess. there, understand the hope of it. Yes. Burgess, mm-hmm. how do we reach the youth? How do you get in? Now, I've, you know, I've spent a lot of time in communities like this. Children are frustrated. They're angry. Uh, you're right. They're not educated. I could tell you from examples where I've been in schools, high schools, where uh, kids have gone all the way up to their junior year of high school, can't, can't even read, read a menu, yep. can't even read a menu. They're just being passed, yep. just being passed. It's a crime. It's wrong. It's so tragic because I expect so much from these kids. I believe in them that much that I believe that they can be anything they want to be. How do we get into these communities, into our communities, impoverished communities, even whether they're black, whether they're Hispanic, whether they're white, whether they're in the hills of Arkansas or down in the most impoverished places of Chicago and really get the truth out there, uplift these communities in poverty and not allow this, this Stalinistic leftist ideology, victimization ideology takeover. What's your well, answer first to all, that? First of all, we have an answer, and at the end of the day, we're going to win this. And I'll tell, let me tell you why we're going to win, because I want people to be hopeful of this. We're going to win because the left wants power. We want our country. We want God, family, country, and our, and, and our family's future. So we have a passion that we're not going to ever give in to this, this evil. Here we have to go. Ignorant and free can never be. That was Thomas Jefferson. We need to get back and, and, and take back our educational system from the leftists. These guys have been doing this for decades. They're evil. They're cowards. They're bullies. They hide behind the curtains at all times. They hide behind uh, tenure, or they hide behind black people like Antifa, or they hide behind a, a bureaucracy, a job. These guys are cowards and bullies. Let's make, let's make sure, and this is why this Congress is going to be so important. We have a chance to be a, a game changer. This new Congress is going in that I'm going to be part of. By the way, BurgessForUtah.com, please support me in this effort. We're, this new group of congressmen, we're going to be following the lead of a person who shows us what true leadership looks like, God, uh, American-loving leadership. We're not going to be there to be a lobbyist, lobbyist or to be career politicians. This new freshman group that's coming across our country, some of them, like myself, never wanted to be a politician ever, but realize we can mm-hmm. do something for our country. We're going to be the SEAL team. We're going to be the team that goes in and we finally get our colleges accountable. If they're putting out a terrible product, we're not going to pay them anymore. If, if they can't if they can't tie their their curriculum into what our country needs are, we're not going to pay them anymore. We got to start really looking at Harvard and Yale and all these all these Marxist laboratories. If they're not giving us what we need, why should we pay them a cent? Let them figure out how to use their the forty billion dollar endowments to pay them on their own selves. We have too long to let these cowards bully our kids. So we've seen our kids there mm-hmm. fresh and new, and they come out a little Marxist. It's time for that to end. So this new class is going to come in and we're going to start doing things, whether it be uh, uh, Social Security, uh, uh, education, across our health care. We're not going to be held down by the leftists and, 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 and have to negotiate our way out of freedoms. If we do that and give our senator a stronger backbone, continue to let our president do what he's always done, love our country, make our country great again. The next four years could be the most great, the greatest years we've ever experienced. And when our country succeeds, we come together. Racism right. cannot thrive in a country that's full of faith and service and love for each other. It cannot thrive. And that's when you You're, get to. Absolutely. Abs- I couldn't agree with you more. And I agree with you wholeheartedly on the university systems as well as our high schools and even some of our middle schools and elementary where we've seen teachers actually trying to indoctrinate our children away from capitalism, away from democracy, and actually, you know, blame the United States for pretty much every ill and ailment in the whole on the whole planet, including racism. And and they push 
propaganda, such as Stalinism, communism, socialism. And unfortunately, a lot of parents were asleep. They weren't doing their job. They weren't checking in on their kids and seeing what was happening. They were thinking, oh, this is just free thought. But it was free thought only going in one direction. Nobody else was able to say anything. If you had a chance, Burgess, to sit down with President Trump and talk with him one-on-one, you know, you, you understand your community. You, you have been there, like you said. You know, I've been there. I've done it. I was raised in the 60s. I came out of this. This is what I've done with my life. If you could sit with President Trump and talk to him to let him understand what's going on here and what he might do better in an effort to reach the communities, what would you say to him? I'll say keep, keep up the pace. Keep up the vision. Uh, for the first time, you're going to have a Congress that's going to have your back. I'll say this about our president. He loves America. He loves Americans. He loves our Constitution. As long as he stays true to the Constitution, I love the fact that he hates bullies. I grew up in the Deep South, and I was taught the way you deal with bullies, you run at them as fast as you can, you hit them as hard as you can. We <laughs> finally have a president who understands that and is driving the left nuts. They're used to uh, little, wimpy, whiny men to get into that office and do nothing but allow the left to run over them because they don't understand the power of our, of our, our country and what we the people deserve and, and, and desire more than anything else, freedom. So I would say this, President Trump, we have your back. We, we have a class going to come in this year. We're going to make the case to Americans, bring in this class of freshman Republicans that are totally different than the winos, the, re- the, the whiny guys we had before. We're going, to be, we're going to be there to truly love our country, put in, put in place the policies that will help generation after generation at this point moving forward. And it's going to be an awesome re, uh, uh, renaissance for our nation to truly understand what making America great again really looks like and what it feels like. And I'm looking forward to being part of that process. That's, that's great, Burgess. And I think the Republicans that have been in there for a while have got a lot to be looking forward to when you all show up. This new freshman class is going to be really tough. Is there anybody else out there that you're thinking is right on the same level with you that you'd like to see uh, in office? Well, well I'll tell you what. I, we've been talking. I've been talking with some of the guys across the country right now, uh, some of the different, uh, different uh, candidates. And I'll just say this. Many of them going through you know, the primaries like I am. When we come out of this primary, we get into the general you're going to see this group coalescing, communicating. And I've already, I've already, I'm excited about teaming up with them. We're going to get there and truly understand and get our mission in place and make a difference that no one else has seen before with a, a freshman class that can truly be courageous, focused, and, and, and believe in American loving and, and making this thing happen. I'm looking forward to it. Well, that's going to be great. I'm looking forward to seeing that happen as well. And it gives me a little bit of hope. You know, this has been a pretty tough, a pretty tough year already, a pretty tough uh, summer to start out with. And uh, any any words of wisdom for your district or for Americans out there that are watching this happen? Uh, anything that you want to yes. say to your folks out there thank, in thank Utah? You, thank, you, thank you so much, Sarah, for this opportunity. Let me just say to Americans, uh, this District 4 is more than just Utah. We're between one and three of must-have of both sides. Democrats must have to keep their power. Republicans must have to get, get our country back. This is a national referendum. For those who truly want to save our country, get our country back, Burgess for Utah. And I tell you, there's many of us around the country. Look at the freshman uh, congress, congress, congressmen coming in that are brand, brand fresh and new, and I think we can do some good things. And let me just say this about America. There's something that uh, I, I came through the, the Raider uh, organization, and something that Al Davis said that really personifies what our country is all about. It was all about coming together as a diverse, organiz- uh, diverse team of people, but the, the, the motto was always the same, just win, baby. 
And that's what we do best. As Americans understand what our enemy truly is, which we're now understanding, we just win, baby. So get ready. We're going to have a great November and a fantastic next four years because we the people are standing up and we're going to make sure we fight for our nation. And I, I can't wait to be part of it. Well, I can't wait to see it. I can't wait to be a part of it, too. Just win, baby. I feel hopeful. I feel happy. Thank you, Burgess. Thank you so much for your words of wisdom. And thank you for being on the Sarah Carter Show today. Thanks, Sarah. Always good talking to you, my friend. Appreciate it, for sure. You, too. You know, Burgess was right. This is about the election. In a lot of ways, that's what has happened here. It's culminated into this. It's like a perfect storm. I've talked about this before. You know, we've got the COVID, over 40 million people without jobs. But I want you to remember in January, all of this happened within three months. We had the best economy in the world. We had the best economy we had seen in decades under President Trump. We had you know, the lowest unemployment in the black community, the lowest unemployment in the Hispanic community. It's like upside down on its head now, right? And everybody's pointing the finger at everybody else. I want you to hear this clip. This is President Trump, and he is talking to Sean Spicer, and I want you to hear what he has to say uh, about Joe Biden. If you could play that, Adam, I'd appreciate it. This is Sleepy Joe, but now he's talking about systemic racism in the police department. Why wouldn't he have done something about it, Sean? He had all the time. So now he says, I'm going to stop. Well, he said 43 years. He was a senator, in all fairness. That's a very big position. You could do what you want to do. But then he was vice president for eight years. He hasn't done anything except things that were bad for the black population. Very bad. African-American population was treated very badly by Biden. He didn't know it. And he doesn't know it now, honestly, because I don't think he knows where he is. Well, I want you to think about that. Think about it. I mean, it's what Burgess was saying. Not systemic racism. This isn't what I think this incident, of course, it's it's an issue. And it's a very important issue in our society, one that we do need to address. But don't be used. Don't be used by these political hacks that are basically taking situations like this and instigating this kind of civil unrest, this civil chaos that we are seeing right now. This is about an election. And this is about people. And I want you to think about all the police officers that you've known in your life or officers that you've dealt with on the officers that come to your kid's school, the officers that raise money for the people in town that are sick or, uh, you know, a firefighter who helps raise money for the people that have lost a home or, you know, people in law enforcement in general that have been out there, the good ones, the real good ones, the ones that care. And poor George Floyd. I want to go back to that moment that we all saw that we all saw in video where he's being held down and he's got that knee on his neck of this officer. There are now two other officers that are being charged as well for not doing anything. Everybody just stood around. Nobody did anything. Nobody did anything. This is what's happening in our society today. We are just following and not challenging. We are not asking questions. We are not standing up and saying, hey, hey, wait a minute. No more. 
But that doesn't mean we need to go out and tear each other apart. And why I'm saying this, it's important. Because a lot of people went out and started rioting and looting. You know, they were following Twitter. They were watching what was going on in Instagram. They were saying, meet, meet here, meet here in Washington, D.C. We're going to stand up. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. We could do whatever. People angry, busting up businesses, businesses that haven't even been open, businesses in their own communities without even thanking, without even thanking. And remember, this is about bad cops, too, not just racism. Two of the cops are minorities that are now being held. So two of the cops that were there that didn't do anything. This is about all of us, people. This is about all of us and how we handle things and how we react to one another. Don't be played. Don't be played by anyone. Think for yourself. Think for your family. Think for your country and take a deep breath and think about what you need to do in the future to make this a great nation and what we need to do to one another to treat each other with respect so that we can move forward as a country and that we can learn from this. And let's just stop tearing each other apart. Thank you so much for being with the Sarah Carter Show. I appreciate your time every time you listen. I appreciate it more than anything. Please uh, check us out on Apple Podcasts or whatever podcast you listen to. Um, Give us a five-star rating. We love that. And if you want, you can follow me on Twitter at Sarah Carter DC. That's at Sarah Carter DC on Twitter. And uh, remember, folks, we are taking back the story at sarahacarter.com. Thank you. Get to Kohl's and take an extra 15% off. Save on the Ninja Foodie Grill, now just $279.99. Take 50% off all Serta bedding. Get up to 40% off Sonoma Bath and so much more. Plus, get a little more for your wallet with Kohl's Cash. Plus, fast and free store pickup. Let the gifting start for those close to your heart. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Select Styles offers valid October 9th through 18th. 15% off with promo code leaves. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. Rule the day the plant-based way with the new vegan mixed berry from Smoothie King. Powered by whole, non-GMO fruits, oat milk, and vegan protein, it's a dairy-free, plant-based smoothie you can feel great about. With 13 grams of protein and half your daily fiber, it's an easy way to get the essential nutrients your body craves. Skip the line and order online for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King. Rule the day.